That is one fucking freak shit. Whoa! Stop it! That's a creaky door. That is one creaky ass door. Is it just me or is that getting worse these days? What? It seems to be getting worse. Well, we'll have to get that fixed, won't we? I yeah, was so loud. I know. I I'm all strung out now. Welcome to Chamber of the Elders. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have tinnitus. <laughs> tinnitus? Tinnitus. 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 A bad case of a tinnitus. T- tinnitus on Chamber of the Elders. Oh. oh. Three succulent topics. Three very succulent topics L- lick lippingly good <laughs> how have you all been <sighs> good yeah quite know. good coping fine yeah coping yeah lots of weird and crazy bad news and stuff but that's the norm these days yeah, yeah. you know how life is you get some bad news and then some good news and then like you eat an orange and just chill out a bit it's fine mm-hmm. fuck yeah yeah <laughs> 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 if only yeah all the problems. If only yeah. Trump would just sit down and have an orange every Fuck Brexit, eat an orange. Cause like, yeah. let's In fact, be fair. I might even Photoshop that. Yeah, do that. But let's be fair. Like, Do you get your five a day? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, Con- only very rarely sometimes. Do you know consistently sometimes for me, I think. Do you know why it's five? Sometimes. Why, well, is, it why five? is it five? Because that's what they thought, like, the maximum they could ask the British public to act realistically eat a day. It should be way more. But fight, they were like, right, Jesus, we'll, we can maybe make them do five. Oh, don't say that. Yeah, five's on the I, low end of what you should be doing. I probably thought you were about to say, like, because like they thought you needed five, but you only really need three. But God, so yeah. so much worse. You should be eating Potatoes. fruit and veg all the time. Potatoes don't even count. No. You should just have, like, a, a bunch of grapes in your pocket at all the time. Just, like, constantly. But ne- never what, not but snack. But the, the sugar, though. The all right, sugar, not grapes, then. Brussels like, sprouts. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah. You Next summer, if you become the um, grape and sprout bay on, yeah. the, on the fields of festivals sprout, across the nation, sprout bay. <laughs> I do not like Brussels sprouts. I think like yeah. the majority of people don't like Brussels sprouty, sprouts. Sprouty, sprouty I like Brussels sprouts. I like Brussels sprouts. So that's that. You're do in the you minority. Both like Brussels sprouts. I, I didn't used to, but I do now. I didn't I, as I a guess kid. My taste has changed. My parents would use it as like a threat when I was a kid. Really? You're like you clean your room. No, I don't want it. Well, you get only having Brussels sprouts for dinner. Then oh fucking hell. That well, room is spotless. Well, I guess I haven't tried them really since I was a kid. But uh, I have smelt them, and they smell—they smell like farts. Yeah, so they smell yeah, weird because yeah, they smell in that weird cabbagey, yeah, sort of collard green thing. I remember my neighbor growing up, and well, you, you was, know my neighbor growing up. Was he a Brussels sprout? Uh, I think it was more cabbage than Brussels sprouts, but like his house, just like I swear, they, they must have had cabbage with like every single meal they ever had, <laughs> and this house just constantly stunk of farts. It was partly also because like he was constantly just farting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I feel it, like that would have counted. It's like constant cabbage or constant fart, and it's like not a Febreze in sight. <laughs> Nobody so ra- wants a cabbage smelling no. fart house. A cabbage smelling fart house. That's the opposite of what you want, really. <laughs> yeah. That's low down on my list. You don't that. have that as a like a, a fucking like Yankee candle flavour, do you? Cabbage <laughs> cabbage <laughs> candle. Cabbage smelling fart house. Little Brussels sprout tea candles. <laughs> 
Oh, I bet if you did do that, they'd sell well in the same way that, like, you know, the candied scorpions and stuff sell well in, like, you know, the weird candy stores. Like, people yeah, would buy it, like... candied scorpions are nice, though, if you can get over there. Have you ever had one? I've never had one. No, crunchy, crunchy scorpion. Oh, I wouldn't want to do it. Do you eat the sting? Does it not sting your stomach? I assume they get rid of that in the preparation. But what if they don't? Then you're, you're one of the one? unlucky few. Imagine if McDonald's started doing, like, insects and stuff. Well, like roach nuggets. Yeah, McRoach. <laughs> well, McRoach well, I don't, burger. I don't think cockroaches are like one of the edible ones. Or are they? Uh, mm, Why not? I don't know. They live forever, so you, you might eat like one and then it'd still yeah. be alive. You like, could get like oh, a Mc, McFlurry with, with honeyed crickets in it. That'd be gross. Yeah. But no, what I'm wouldn't. saying, like, no, cockroaches are meant to be able to survive like a nuclear holocaust. So they're probably, they'd be able to survive our fucking digestive system. Imagine like having a poo not if and you chew them. cockroaches come out. Not if uh, you chew them. If you right. chew them, I'm pretty sure they're gone. All right, well, half-chewed up zombie Not cockroaches. like a Terminator going to reform in e- your eating stomach. Eating its way out. What that's if they a, that's are a like a Terminator? Idea, what it? if they are like a Terminator? We'll, we'll never know. You remember that old thing about, like, you cut a worm in half, you get, like, and it'll be two worms? Yeah. We could fucking bollocks. <laughs> like, you, you started got, spreading that. You've got yeah. two half worms. Yeah. Yeah, that is a bit of a weird. That's it one of those weird it's cause they things cause cause they're Because they still continue still wriggle, to wig, yeah. wriggle, but that doesn't mean shit. You cut a chicken's head off and... Yeah. There was it. that chicken that survived for... How long was it? It was called, like, Greg the Chicken. Mike. And I think it was Mike, Mike the Chicken. Mike the Headless Chicken. And they wanted him to run for president. He survived for, like, a year and a half It was, like, a year and a half mad. without a head, yeah. Wow. And they fed him with a pipette. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to subjects. Yeah. <laughs> That, we'll was, that was a nice and broad introduction. I have time. the die. Episode 40. 40. Roll that dice. Dice bay. Die. Die. Sorry. Oh, number one. I get to go first this time. It's, it's a rare occasion. A rare occasion. He's leading us in. Let's if go. Any Steve, uh, Steve. If any listeners want to go Steve. through the back catalogue and work out what the score is on die rolls. Yeah. Oh, good God. Oh, oh! We never thought of that. Add like a competition. Maybe in the final episode of it. season one, we can tally it up, and uh, yeah. that'll decide the order of the final episode se- of the season. Goodness me! Cool. Um, so my subject was set by you, Teus, was it not? It was indeed inspired by um, the film we watched last week. Yes. Ooh. Spartacus. We watched the, the Stanley Kubrick film. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what year it was? Nineteen sixty. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, and we all quite enjoyed it. It was great. But with Steve, I specified that he look into the real life Spartacus, so we could have a little history dive. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and, it's and like in our time again. Yeah, it's like a cool one of all the ancient stories. I think uh, it was interesting reading this, like the two depictions I've seen of the Spartacus story, namely the film and the TV show. The Follow s- the, the TV show being the stars one. Which yeah, which is quite trashy but really good. Oh yeah, I, I quite like. Oh that. yeah, I've heard it's all full of sex and violence and boobs. Oh yeah, and it's blood. way over the top. Boobs and dick. Mm, dick. Lots, of, lots of dick. It's quite equal on the nudity, to be fair. Mm. Um, but yeah, they seemingly follow the story of Spartacus yeah, pretty well for for our entertainment shows, which obviously are going to deviate. Yeah, yeah, they follow them pretty well. But anyway, because the story itself is good enough, like oh, yeah. like it's all there. So it's all there already when, yeah. when you've got the broad strokes of it. So, uh, <laughs> Spartacus <Broad> was... Boing. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Wait, some new sound got, effects yeah, now. Okay, uh, I say, broad strokes. Uh, 
the Boeing ain't working. Oh, the Boeing is broken. I forgot to say that the Boeing has not installed properly. Oh, shit. Broken screen. Boing. All right, you can just make the Boeing noise from now on. Okay, so you say... Broad strokes. Boing. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. We'll get Uh, that in post. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) We'll fix it in post. Summarizes my efforts. Uh, But Spartacus was a... uh, a Roman slave, a Thracian. Where is Thrace? So Thrace was, um, or Thracians, were a group of Indo-European tribes from Eastern and Southern Europe, um, and they spoke a Thracian language. Eastern and Southern Europe being sort of like, well, like, so like the he, Baltics. Yeah, Baltics going up to sort of uh, Poland and uh, down into Hungary and Macedonia and. Oh, sort of eastern southern quite eastern a Europe. widespread people oh, yeah then. but they were like nomadics you know that was just their land uh, they weren't like a, yeah. a a proper like country to say i get you i yeah. get you um and uh yeah he so he was born in uh, ele- uh sorry 111 bc in modern day bulgaria oh as, uh, as a part bulgarian brute yes as part of the thracian um lands um, he was described by uh, a few Roman. So the, the issue with Spartacus is obviously the the uh, the victor gets to write the history. Yes. Mm. So a lot of uh, what we know about him is written by the Romans, some of whom despised him and wanted to quash his sort of what he stood for and everything. That's a good word. Thank you. Which quash? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so he's described as a Thracian of nomadic descent. Um, some people described his life as he was Thracian by birth, but then he served as a Roman soldier, uh, but has since been a prisoner and sold as a gladiator. What? Wait, so he was a soldier before he was a slave? So a few accounts say that he was a soldier, and this sort of feeds in later on when you see his tactical displays. It's uh, like he obviously yeah. had some sort of yeah. military background. Yeah, so he was, he had some sort of yeah. military background but he ended up a slave mm. and some say his in wife Roman was enslaved with him yeah but we don't know again if that's you know living up to roman ideals and whatever yeah uh, but his enslavement so he, he was captured by the legions in what is now southwest bulgaria and uh sold to a gladiator school near capua belonging to either of you oh 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 batiatus batiatus, batiatus played by lentius batiatus who is he played by by the f- in the film oh he's oh, a really good actor he was really good though no he was really good great uh, played them all camp yeah yeah, yeah he did didn't it an w- oscar winning performance it was, was it an oscar winning performance yeah. mm. oh for whoever that guy was yay Reminded me a bit of Biggins with how campy was sometimes. Biggins! <laughs> I was thinking who it reminded me of. It was oh, a bit like oh Christopher my. Biggins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's that game, that's, you know that shopping trolley game that I went to the shops and I bought a, and then you build a list up and you've got to remember <sighs> it and add one on. What, you were going to start talking about Supermarket Sweep for a second? No, it's Stephen Fry plays a game, or the, it knows a game that they used to play, which was Christopher Biggins has up his bottom tonight. Uh, a lampshade uh, and then, or a lampshade and a book, and then a lampshade, <laughs> a book, and, uh, and a toaster. That's quite <laughs> what funny. What a weird game. Anyway, back, back to Spartacus. Spartacus, there. Boing. Boing. Um, by all accounts, he was a heavyweight <laughs> or a uh, mamilo. 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 A big, big dude. Yeah, he was a heavyweight. So he fought with a, a, a long oblong shield called uh, a scutum. <laughs> and uh, and use the sword. Like you want to keep a tight grip on that skin. Oh yeah, you do. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, the sword was a, a broad, straight blade called a gladius, 
It's about eighteen inches long. Okay. That's what that's what nice. that's his weapon. That's what Spartacus had. That's a healthy size. Mm. <laughs> Uh, in 73 BC, though, him and uh, about 70 other slaves were planning an escape. I want to know why he was originally enslaved. No, 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 no one knows. knows. It's yeah, because like so even if he was in the Roman army, it suggests he like might have deserted and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because the Romans sort of will have conscripted a load of Thracians to fight oh, for yeah. them, or they may, might have even made them. Yeah, and then it's like. He might have been like, "Fuck this! I'm not fighting for these yeah. guys." And we'll, we'll come Straight. on to yeah. later. We'll come on to the to the punishment for deserters in the Roman army. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So in 73 BC, him and about 69 other slaves uh, were planning to escape. Um, <laughs> so they stole 69. <laughs> yeah, boy, <laughs> boy. Damn it! Why didn't it work? It's coming at so much use. Um, uh, and uh, they stole a load of kitchen utensils and yeah. fought with them. Until they got out of the school. Like a wooden spoon. <laughs> yeah. I Probably assume all like, like meat cleavers. Cheese graters getting really brutal with it. It's like <laughs> grating away the opposition. He's got a whisk. Oh, potato peeler, get away. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a corkscrew. I'm not afraid to use it. Yeah. Long cork, you, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they managed to fight their way out of the school. Uh, and then they stole uh, wagons. Uh, several wagons that were filled with um, weapons and armor, nice. and rode off. Nice. That's lucky. Um, wow! <laughs> and they defeated the legions that were uh, sent after them right away, and then they plundered the surrounding countryside, uh, recruiting more slaves to their cause uh, before retiring to a more defensive position on um, Mount, Mount Vesuvius. Vesuvius. They yeah. should. Is there like a Spartacus video game ever? Because that would just be perfect for a beginning of the video game, like you and the slaves breaking out of the prison. And then, you know, because, you know, in video games, there's always unrealistic, oh, you've gotten to this bit, there's a ridiculous amount of, like, armor and weapons. Yeah. yeah. But it actually happened in this case. Yeah. 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 So they got a random cachet. Yeah. yeah. Here's your loot. Here's your gear. Gear up, Spartacus. And now here's the big open world. Yeah. You can imagine, like, people playing it going, like, yeah, as if this happened. Yeah. All right, yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. There's just a load of wagons of armor just uh, yeah. hanging out outside. The that sky. would be a good video. Clip can pop up, like, that actually. Would, that would be a good video game. Having yeah. to go around with Spartacus freeing slaves, the more slaves you get. Well, we'll come back to Spartacus in, uh, in video games later on. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, so once free, the gladiators and the slaves chose Spartacus and two Gaelic slaves, uh, Crixus Gaelic. and Onimaeus, uh, <laughs> Onimaeus, yes, as their leaders. Um, Roman accounts of this, however, this is where it co- really comes into play, is that they don't really know if, like Roman scholars basically just saw it as Spartacus was the leader. And yeah. everyone was following him, so they sort of put a, a Roman hierarchy on them, even though they may not have used that. Yeah. So some people say that the three of them worked together as leaders, and it wasn't just Spartacus with like lieutenants. Yeah. Um, but others say, yeah, it was just Spartacus, and then everyone else followed him. So it's hard to know yeah. what actually the hierarchy was within the slaves, but they all chose. That's known for sure. Spartacus, Crixus, Anonymous as their leaders. Um. And now we get into the Third Servile War. Ooh. So this was over the past... Uh, so from uh, uh, 135 BC to when the this one finished in 71 BC. There were yep. three uh, wars and uprisings of slaves across Italy. Yeah. Uh, the First Servile War was uh, 135 to 132 BC in Sicily. Uh, second Servile War was 104 to 100 BC in Sicily again. 
<laughs> Sicily. Yeah. Get your saves in order. And then the third Servile War was 73 to 71 BC uh, in mainland Italy. That's Spartacus. Led by Spartacus. Yeah. So they weren't the first slave rebellion. No, no. And there'd already been a slave rebellion in Spartacus's lifetime. Oh, yeah. great. I, I, I'm proper just picturing the Sicilian slave rebellions and all being like mafioso slaves. Like, <laughs> we do not want to work for you for nothing. <laughs> but like, you, you know. come to this to me on the day of my daughter's wedding and ask me to work for no money. <laughs> I would take you down, Don Julius Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> Don Caesar. The slaves. They they don't want to work for free anymore. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're doing that guy's voice. Which guy's voice? The um <laughs> no wait, stop. I'm a virgin. Uh, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. No, that's more like, don't do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a slave. <laughs> oh, no. Who died recently, rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah, rest in peace, the Dutch porn star seeker. <laughs> <laughs> back to Spartacus. Back to Spartacus. Veer wildly back to Spartacus. <laughs> do you want to have a guess as to... So, th- at this point, the uh, the rebel army is now its full size. Is, uh, oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait. This is in uh, about seventy-three BC. Okay. Half mast. <laughs> and but how many soldiers do you think the rebel army had by by the end in total over the whole campaign? By the end, yeah, like seven thousand, sixty-nine thousand. It's a hundred and twenty thousand. Oh, and then and the Roman Republic uh, sent about between thirty-two and forty-eight thousand. Uh, foot soldiers after them. Oh, it was a serious thing mm. happening we'll within their own country as well. That's the and we'll come to the losses later. Um, but uh, so Rome's response to these uh, this band of rebels was to uh, they thought it was really more of a policing matter because and and also the Roman legions were away fighting a similar revolt in Spain and the uh, Third Mithridatic War, which I don't know any more about. Then it was thinking like, what? Why? Slaves rebelling. Yeah, like, why? What? What are we doing wrong? Like, yeah, like what? Like maybe we need to like whip them more. Like, yeah, they seem to respond to that. Guys, maybe like slavery's like not the way to go. Shut that guy up. Lock yeah. him in the uh, jail. Enslave him. Enslave yeah, him. you're a slave now. <laughs> um, but Rome felt yeah, Rome felt this re- revolt was more of like a policing matter basically. And and dispatched uh, Gaius Claudius Glab- Glaber, Glaber, Gaius. Glaber, Glaber, uh, with a, with a militia, and uh, Glaber besieged Spartacus on Mount Vesuvius, hoping to starve him out, make him surrender. Uh, however, Spartacus abseiled on some ropes he'd made of vine leaves, Sick. abseiled down the volcano, and then went round the back and attacked them from the rear. Some action movie shit. Yeah. See, like that wasn't in the Stanley Kubrick film. No, probably because like being in nineteen sixty when it was released, it, they couldn't have like actually made it look good. Abseiled down, down the mountain. Yeah, like yeah. they would have had like just some, you know, like nineteen fifties, sixties green screen shit where it's just yeah. like basically just looks like they're like in front of a projector. Yeah, or like or like old Batman where they're walking in a straight line holding a rope. And oh. then they just film it sideways. I love that though. That's so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he managed to kill most of them. Then a, a second expeditionary force was sent, and they were destroyed. 
with the slaves, <laughs> with the slaves almost capturing their leader. Um, wait, I've got one for this. They were destroyed. Sorry, that's too quiet. Yeah, that wasn't very loud. They're destroyed. Spartacus uses laser cannon. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, almost capturing the leader of that one. Um, but that victory persuaded more and more slaves to join them, and that swelled their ranks to 70,000. So this is before we even get to the full climax of, of men. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, and, then <laughs> and then in the, uh, in the winter of uh, 73 to 72 BC, um, they spent that time training, arming, and equipping the new recruits that they had. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so the Senate alarmed by this unstoppable force. Um, the Senate charged Marcus, uh, Leonidas, Crassus, the wealthiest man in Rome, and the only volunteer. Um, he it, was it's such an action movie. Mm. Like, Crassus is like the ultimate, the bad, ultimate bad, the richest man in Rome. You know, like Glaber, and um, Glaber was just the lieutenant. Yeah. Just a little bitch, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crassus would go on with Julius Caesar and Pompey they would form the triumvirate of power in mm-hmm. Rome and completely reform how how it was run. Yeah, and then Caesar came in and fucked all that up. Well, how Caesar was do? with them. But then he made himself, like, supreme yeah. overlord. Yeah, he, he... They were all backstabbing. Oh, yeah. All, well, Especially, yeah, later yeah. on, yeah. <laughs> Except for Caesar. <laughs> Backstabbed. Backstabby. Backstabbed. But yeah, Crassus was put in charge of eight legions. It's approximately forty thousand trained Roman soldiers, uh, which he treated harsh. Like this is where we come into. Um, he brought back the corporal punishment of dissemination. Wait, who did decimation? Sorry, decimation. I read that wrong. Yeah, who yeah. who, who did Crassus did this oh, with his to his Roman soldiers? I dick. think because they fucked up some some battle. Just says that he revived that, and he was just sort of very strict. Yeah, um, commander. I read that they actually that some of them fled from a battle with some of the slaves, and that oh, was what yeah. made him be like, "Okay, I'm gonna." He made every yeah. like little unit. Do you know they, what? They do you know what decimation stones. is? Please tell me. So, a cohort of roughly 480 soldiers, uh, selected for punishment by uh, decimation, was divided into groups of ten. So you got 48 groups of people, and each group drew lots. And the soldier with whom the lot fell was executed by his nine other comrades. Um, often yeah. by stoning or clubbing. What, like, his nine other... Co- 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 yeah, the if it's not you getting killed, the other nine and the ten have to kill the... The one that the lost one the... Who could well yeah. be a mate. Because they yeah. like they, they just picked you out, they picked groups out. It's like oh. a, and and then, yeah, and and Crassus when he did this again, it, they hadn't done it for like a century or something. Yeah, because they were like, like maybe this is archaic. bad. Yeah, maybe this is bad, <laughs> for, bad morale. for morale. That's archaic in ancient Rome times. So yeah. That's like extra archaic. Yeah, that's like ancient ancient Rome. But the um, but then not only that, the nine that had had to kill the one were then given rations of barley instead of wheat, um, for a, a while, for a few days, uh, and then required to camp outside of the the fortified security of the camp. <laughs> Wait. So but barley instead of wheat. Yeah. How bad is that? Well, wheat was the being was the standard soldier's diet was just eating wheat. And eating barley would be like just like Worse. subsisting off like cracker breads or something. Yeah. Instead of normal bread. Yeah. 
probably just taste shit. Or yeah. Something. But yeah, that's what decimation is. So Crassus was a, a, Crassus a strict going master. Going for Spartacus. And he's going for Spartacus. More like asses. <laughs> so uh, <Boing>. Crassus does. <laughs> Uh, when Spartacus and his followers, for unclear reasons, retreated to the south of Italy, so this is where some people um, speculate that Spartacus had made a bargain with Sicilian pirates to transport him and some yeah. 2,000 of his men mm. that, that to was, Sicily. That was in the film. But do you know what his plan was, according to these historians? Okay. What did those it historians just say? They historians say he was going to go to Sicily and incite another slave revolt there, given that's where the other two had been. Yeah, and uh, and start a third war, uh, or fourth war even, um, yeah. And so he was going to try and gather reinforcements. However, he got betrayed by the pirates when they got paid off. No. And so Spartacus started to march north. This, this story could have been so much cooler if they hadn't done yeah. that. Fucking pirates! I know. Never trust the pirate. If you take one thing away from this episode, listeners, it's never trust the pirate. Yeah. Uh, to cut the rest of the story succinctly. Uh, as Spartacus marched north, he encountered Crassus's army. However, um, Pompey uh, dick. returned with his army Fuck Pompey. from Spain after quashing that revolt and uh, <coughs> came back down uh, and uh, met with Spartacus. Uh, Crassus was um, jealous of Pompey. He thought he was going to come in and steal his thunder. Yeah. So Crassus dispatched six legions to go and um, confront Spartacus head on yeah. and then the rest of his legions to go around the back. You know. Yeah. Round um, the back. <laughs> Boing. Yeah, Boing. There it is. Um, yeah, so um, a portion, when this happened, uh, a portion of Spartacus's forces fled towards <laughs> the mountains. <laughs> what is an abortion? <laughs> and Crassus's and some of Crassus's legions fled in pursuit of them. Crassus Bandicoot. Yeah. And ah. when the legions managed to catch that portion of rebels, um, the discipline among Spartacus's forces broke down completely, and small groups of them just independently started attacking the oncoming legions, which obviously did not go well. No. no. Uh, and Spartacus now had to turn his forces around and brought his entire strength to bear on the legions in a last stand, in which the rebels were round, uh, roundly uh, obliterated, basically. That's sad. Wait, is there a noise for them being obliterated? Uh, I mean, just general battle noise. Yes, ah, obliterating me! Boing! Boing! I am obliterated. Just general. Yeah, so they got fucked up. Yeah, so they got fucked up in this final battle. Terrifying. Um, Spartacus is actually, uh, according to this, he was uh, missing in action. No one knows what happened to him after this battle. Oh, okay. It's not explicitly stated that he was ever captured or crucified. Maybe he got away. Mm. But uh, so out of uh, the rebel army's losses, 30,000 of them were just uh, killed in action. Uh, 6,000 of them were crucified by Crassus. and 5,000 of them were crucified by Pompey. And uh, only 4,000 Roman Republic foot soldiers were lost in this battle. That's a lot of crucifixion. Uh, a hell of a lot of crucifixion. Oh. Yeah, that's upsetting. Like, they, they, they kick up a fuss about decimation, but they're but still yeah. doing crucifixion. All the way from the battle site back to the gates of Rome. This was, what, 70 BC? So we're 70 yeah. years away from the crucifixion. So oh, yeah. 
you see, know. like, you know, I mean, that's the crucifixion. And if you, you know, ask the, anyone on the street, any random person, it's like, name one person that's crucified, they'd be like, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, why are you asking me such a weird question? Yeah. Yeah, but no one ever goes like, that's a weird question. But Spartacus and Crixus's slave army, were, lots of them were crucified on the, yeah. what's that bit of road called? The the Roman road. The, no, it's not called the Roman <laughs> the road. road. The old Roman on road. On the Roman road. Yeah. Yeah. But since then, um, he's become, Spartacus has become like a symbol for communism. Sure has. Karl Marx uh, listed Spartacus as one of his heroes and described him as the most splendid fellow in the whole world of ancient history. Oh, <laughs> that's a nice... Title a great have. general. Especially when, like, a Bacchus exists. He, he said he was a great general, a noble character, and a real representative of the ancient proletariat. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like the working class yeah. rising up. It's uh, one of the classics. And you can see that in sport, like, with how many teams that used to be part of the Soviet Union having Spartak in their name, like Spartak, Spartak Moscow, Moscow, Spartak uh, Valingrad, Spart- uh, Spartak St. Petersburg. Uh, and then there's one in Britain. Do you know where the only team in, in England named Spartak is. Spartak Hull. No, it's uh, uh, Barnet Green, Spartak FC. Barnet Green. Barnet Green. Where's Barnet Green? Uh, Barnet Green is, I assume... I bet it's in London. Bet it's in London. Bet it's in London. Bet it's in London. Uh, No, it's from Bromsgrove in Worcestershire. Ah, rubbish. Are they communists? in Worcestershire? (laughs) No, just... uh, The famous communist part of the UK. Established in 2012. And then in popular culture, he's been in films, TV shows, literature, music, and then we come to the video games. Video games. Age of Empires, Rise of Rome, uh, Expansion 4, Enemies of Rome 3, Spartacus... uh, (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, that's the full name. Here we go. I know Age of Empires. Age of Empires, colon, Rise of Rome, Expansion 4, Enemies of Rome, comma, 3, colon, Spartacus the... uh, Yeah. And then Spartacus, the campaign, has a player fighting against Spartacus's army. Against the army? Yeah, yeah. What kind yeah. of Nazi bullshit the, is you'd this? You'd be the Romans, wouldn't you? In uh, Spartacus Legends, Spartacus appears as an endgame boss. Like, he's a bad guy again. See, people complain about video games, but they never go like, and in this, in this like, tactical battle game, you have to destroy an army of slaves. No one's ever complained about that there's, game, I There's bet. a game where you play as the Germans in World War Two. Yeah, 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 and they're probably it's like just a tactical game. And uh, and then in Gods of Rome, Spartacus is a playable common character, just as like Gods one you can play. But that's the only Rome. record of him in uh, in video games. And oh, there's also okay. uh, Spartacus Peak on Livingston Island in the South Shetland Islands. What is that like a fucking hill? Just a, a peak. Yeah. We should have gone there to record this episode. All It'd be a bit windy, there. probably in the Shetland. Hell Islands. of a flight. Should call it the Shetland Islands. <laughs> uh, um, oh God. But yeah, that's all yeah. I have on Spartacus. That's Excellent. quite a lot on Spartacus, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A crazy like story, it. real um, life for a crazy man. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, a splendid man, a splendid, the mate. most splendid man in ancient history. You can quote mm-hmm. Karl Marx on that. Top marks. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. After this, well, my daddy was a strict disciplinarian. When we'd done wrong, he'd strip us butt naked, lay us out in the sun, and cover our bodies with bacon, lean bacon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back here, chambered elders. Got that lean bacon going. We've had the history, but now it's time to roll the die. Oh, yeah. Roll that die. 
slight gambling, but with knowledge. That's me again. Oh, shit, well... You already wait. Spartacus round two, anybody? That is number two. I don't want no communists. That's me? Mm-hmm. Am I two? You are indeed. Yes. Joseph, what? you sent the subject. Did you nay? He did. Don't, I did, don't yay. Let me tell you otherwise. No, no. Uh, listen to me, listeners. I set this subject. No one else. Yeah. Hey. The reason I did is because it's my f- my favorite band in the world. Pavement. 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 Mm-hmm. Pavement. So tell us about Pavement. Pavement are one of the like one of the biggest like cult indie bands, I'd say. That's fair. Um they're originally from Stockton in California. Same as Death Grips. Hey, is that true? I don't know. Are they from Stockton or did they just have the name of the song Stockton? No, I think they might be from Stockton. So, yes, uh, Stockton seems to be a little gem. There you go. For for random musicians. Uh, yeah, they filmed in 1989. Sure did. And um, they've had a slightly varied lineup, haven't they? Over the years they've been active. But so there's slightly. been a call a lot. The main guy is Stephen Mountmas. Who's um who's like another like cult indie slacker rocker dude, the king, the prince, yeah, the f- godfather of indie rock. Yeah, can you name some of the other band members of Pavement? Scott Canberg. What did he do? AKA Spiral Stairs. He was the uh the the other he was the guitarist who sang on some songs. Yeah, he'd always have a few songs per album. Mark Eibold, who played bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was uh, Gary Young, was their uh, first drummer. Yeah. Who was great, um, but, like, just too wild to be in a band, basically. <laughs> he, he'd do things like... He just... He, they had to get a second drummer, Steve West, to uh, play at the same time as Gary Young, because Gary Young just he'd get bored like halfway through a song and just like go off on onto another part of the stage and start doing handstands or whatever <laughs> or, or or like getting undressed or something and and the fans loved it so they didn't want to get rid of Gary Young yeah, so they it got pl- it played into their image didn't it yeah 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 it did so they got Steve West to like you know keep the beat and then Gary Young to play at the same time but occasionally like do something go off on like a mad one yeah, yeah just yeah. do something insane half fez half right <laughs> half actual drummer. <laughs> God. And then, really but he left, didn't he? Gary Young did leave. Because they got, isn't there a guy, Bob Nastanovich? Bob Nastanovich, who was yeah. like the, he, he, he was like the uh, sort of everything guy. Not the everything guy, but he'd do like extra percussion and like some keyboards yeah. and like a, a lot of yelping. Yeah, let them, yelping. Let them throw in some whatever yeah. they want. Yeah, he was yeah, the whatever guy. Yeah, they, they, uh, I would say, they're like um, one of the biggest indie bands who have stayed like underground for like a lot of their peak, and yeah. and they were. F- I read that throughout their whole career, they were always on indie labels. They never signed to a big label. It was on uh, Matador. Yeah. Well, Domino. Wait, no, Matador, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Yeah, it's Matador. Yeah. Um, five albums in the end. Five nine, glorious nine albums. EPs, which is more than I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of EPs actually. Yeah, they they went until ninety nine where they 
they ended up breaking up. They mm. did reunite for a reunion tour in 2010. Was there any particular reason, or they just thought it they they weren't getting on really? They mm. they all sort of fell out of it, right? Yeah, allegedly Stephen Malkmus was a bit not controlling. I don't want to say controlling on the off chance that he ever hears this and thinks I'm <laughs> thinks less of a joke. <laughs> yeah, because he's like my hero. Basically, the rest of the band couldn't handle how great Stephen Malkmus <laughs> was. <laughs> So they called I, it off. You'd probably <laughs> say that's fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, like he, he broke up rather acrimoniously, and like at their final ever gig, he he, he wore handcuffs, didn't he, Stephen Malkmus, yeah. in imitation of Johnny Rotten, what he did at the Sex Pistols' last ever gig. Oh. oh. Okay. Homage. Yeah. yeah. Sort of like really pretentious fucking homage from the great god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like their album names, though. Best album names. Slanted and Enchanted. Yes. Great. Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. Mm. Wowie Zowie. Yes, indeed. Is that the Frank Zappa reference? Yeah, it's a Frank Zappa. It's something that Gary Young used to apparently shout quite a lot. Oh, really? As well. Wowie Zowie. Yeah, so you can imagine him, like, not doing his drum parts and, like, trying to do a handstand or something. Wowie Zowie. The cover of it, doesn't it say... Like, wowie zowie, it's pavement. Or yeah, something. something like that. Yeah, and then there's also Brighten the Corners, which is like the most sort of normie name. I guess you'd say that. But, well, the, the least fun one to say because the last one's Terror Twilight. Ooh. Terror Twilight, you know mm. what it was meant to be called? What? Uh, <laughs> it was originally going to be called Farewell Horizontal. Farewell horizontal. But so like, I think it, I think I can't remember which one it was. I think it might have been Malkmus who said something along the lines of, "There was no fucking way I was going on the farewell horizontal tour for the <laughs> next year and a half." <laughs> farewell <laughs> horizontal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Terror Terror Twilight's a cool one, especially because it ended up being their last album, so it being like Twilight. Yeah, you, or you know what Terror Twilight means? Yeah, it's that period of day where driving on the roads is really unsafe isn't it because it's a bit darker but before yeah it's yeah. when people have it switched to basically thinking in nighttime mode. yeah so, so it's like when half the people have their headlights on, on and half the people don't yeah so it's the most dangerous times you to might start looking out for headlights and miss when someone doesn't have them mm. yeah terror twilight scary stuff pavement twilight. sort of reflects the aminosity that they were all going through in the twilight of their band's career yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way of putting it, Matt. Well put. Yeah. How would you sum summarize that their music to you? To, to how it mean what like what you like about it and how they sound and stuff. What I like about it. One of the things I like most about Pavement, um, is that it sounds thrown together. It sounds like there's not been a whole lot of effort put into it. Yeah. It sounds proper lackadaisical and laid back, but if you actually deep dig into, dig deep into the song, uh, it, it's like the musicianship. Like they're all incredible musicians, especially Malmus. Like it's the structure of some of the songs is just off the chain, and like yeah, it's like it's annoying actually being such a big pavement fan and playing guitar because uh, like I want to play lots of pavement songs but like loads of them are in like weird funky <laughs> tunings and yeah, stuff and hard, or yeah. hard to do and it is really difficult to do in general but they it, they never sound difficult to do but they always really are and but 
w- one of the things I love most about Pavement is the lyrics. Steve Mountmiss's lyrics. Yeah, sur- I've, I've got that written down here. The lyrics are the surreal, really, kind of really good. They're they're good at lots of imagery and yeah, random like stream of consciousness. Yeah, sort of. Uh, yeah, and uh, I was reading a few like retrospectives on Pavement and stuff, and one thing that I highlighted as well was that like for all the not giving a shit vibes and stuff, every now and then in their music it was quite emotional or melancholic and it, it does have like a genuine genuine feels to it oh god so hard songs like strings of nashville here uh zurich is stained things like yeah. yeah it's like oh proper tug at the heartstrings who, kind who, of stuff. who's the head guy of the smashing pumpkins is it billy billy corgan billy corgan <laughs> yeah he the, him, i was hoping he'd get on to yeah this. pavement and billy corgan had what i suppose you could call a beef but it was quite oh one right. one-sided in that it was more like billy corgan hated pavement hating on pavement right, in okay. well and, well i'm sure they got a bit cheeky with it i didn't read too much into well it. you know why he, he said it in the first place billy corgan because of range life What's that about? You know, uh, I don't know. I didn't range, range Life was I off. I figured you'd know. Range Life is off Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, the pavement song. And it was a single from Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain as well. And uh, it's written from from the perspective of an old, jaded rocker. Right. So, like a guy in his 60s who's still touring. That's like the character who the story's sung from. Right. And there's a lyric in it um, out on tour with the Smashing Pumpkins, Nature Kids, man, they. G- ain't got no function they don't understand i don't understand what they mean and i couldn't really give a fuck <laughs> and uh he goes on to say something about te- stone temple pilots as well but it's like a hip-hop beef but yeah yeah but, but but that's the thing and it was meant to be from like an old jaded kind of like rocker character yeah he's playing yeah. writing from the space of someone who's might not necessarily. Like, I'm sure Stephen Mountmus really doesn't have anything. Didn't have anything against. No, yeah, exactly. But, but like B- Billy Corgan said, and one of the things he said in response was that, like, he he was famously said that no one falls in love to pavement's music. <laughs> he, he was say, he was saying that it's just like bland and yeah. unemotional which all the fans say is not true at all and of th- course that he, like that he was way off the mark with that comment because there's so many That's romantic stories that begun a bullet with butterfly wings in the background playing yeah yeah it, it, i think that pavement do have a lot of heart to their music and stuff so much heart definitely and they're less less of fucking weirdos than billy corgan is <laughs> yeah Stephen Maltmus is is on a much better path i would nowadays than I'd say. Is Billy Corgan the one who's always on about conspiracy theories? Or yeah, he's been on like InfoWars and shit. He's been on InfoWars, of course. Which they've gone d- downhill this week, haven't they? Yeah, InfoWars. Banned from YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Spotify Apple. Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to hear some pavement trivia? I'd yes. love to I hear some I looked some up online trivia. and I've got some here. I don't, let's see how much of this you know. Uh, Scott Camberg, aka Spiral Stairs, who I've met and was he was the yeah. loveliest guy. He he's been quite critical of Wowie Zowie. And yeah. he said that it, he he said he thinks if they had another six months to think about it, it would have been much different. Mm. Which is their third album. Stephen Mountless considered Wowie Zowie to be the last classic Pavement album, in his eyes. I think okay. it was Mountless who also said at the same time that oh not um that uh. They were smoking far too much weed around the time they made Wowie Zowie, <laughs> and that's why it sounds like they did. Because Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain was a bit of a hit. I cut cut your hair on it. Yeah, it's the closest they got to mainstream. That's their biggest hit. It, it was yeah. the close. They got play on MTV, so yeah. they were like, "This next album could be great." And then they smoked way too much weed and put out a classic stoner album. 
Yeah, which instead. is which is fine, but f- as in terms of the track of pavement, maybe maybe they did maybe they did sort of plateau yeah. when it's when they could have driven forward a bit more. It's and a beautiful middle point though in their discography. I think. Loads of people in time would say it's like their their best one. Wowie's Alley. Well, I always think the best albums seemingly are the ones that kind of don't make it to start with and yeah. usually like growers. It's yeah, it's yeah. a grower. It's not yeah. a shower. Um, one thing you might not know about pavement is that um. For their first four albums, they've eventually released them in like bumper format. So I did know so this. Yeah, you do. No, no, I did know. Yeah, this. you did know this. I'm just talking to the general listener. Oh, here. sorry. So like, they've put out all the songs they've did from that album recording period. It, like, polished them up, mastered them. And, yeah. And so the track list is like 60 songs, and they, it's oh nice. Right. You can get each album in a nice box set. Nice. Oh, like the 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 definitive edition. Yeah. Comes with the a nice booklet. Yeah, they never did Ooh. one though for the fifth one, Terra Twilight. Still waiting on that Terra Twilight. Uh, yeah, this. But is I don't think they have enough th- recordings from around the time to it. do it. Uh, the, the, it's called the Farewell Horizontal Edition. Yep. Of, of Terra <laughs> Twilight, they were going to do a box set for their last one, and they announced it in 2008, but it never happened. Never happened. And they they sort of said like it, they just don't quite have enough good recordings from that period oh, to, 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 to make it on par with the others. I, I, I don't even care. I take it if the he second he disc was just like 20 songs of mountainous and spiral that, stairs farting. It. All the all the payment fans <laughs> are like, just release it anyway. Especially because I bet a yeah. load of them have like Completists. the four yeah. nice box sets in a row and then the, the single CD edition. Bingo. Yeah, Bingo. and I bet you always look at it and wonder what if. Yeah, I do. And the, the, I they, do are nice, what they are nice CD if. box sets like some yeah. cases, fold out stuff, you know, when they put effort into it. It is really good. It's um, really, really nice. Especially the Bright in the Corners one. There was a guy called Jason Turner who was their original, original drummer. Apparently. Oh, yeah? He was a member of the band briefly during 1989, but by the time they put out their first EP, Slay Tracks, he'd already gone. Fair enough. It well, was Gary Young, of course, who produced Slay Tracks and was like, whoa, you guys need a drummer, dude. Because he was like an old hippie. Yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, just to let you know, uh, I like doing press-ups on stage. <laughs> <laughs> wowie zowie! <laughs> wowie remember zowie. remember when we saw Stephen Mountain and the Jacks at the Brood now, and we were talking to the merch guy for ages? Yes. And this merch guy who was working for Stephen Mountain this night yeah. was the same merch guy that Pavement had had like, throughout oh, their, right. their entire career. And we were just picking this guy's brains for yeah. ages. It was really cool to talk to, and I asked him like, "Where was the, like? Do you have any good Gary Young stories? Do you remember this?" Remind me. He, he said like, "You know, the first time I ever met Gary Young, where well, was at the first pavement gig I ever went to, and uh, so I, I walk into the gig, and pavement are about to start in like five minutes or whatever, and Gary Young's there. He's not got a shirt on, and you know, like a baseball game when people walk around with like the." bags of popcorn like popcorn get your popcorn here yeah. and they have like the you know, tray like wrapped around yeah. them yeah. Gary Young was walking around shirtless around the crowd with one of those but it was full of carrots <laughs> carrots <laughs> he was just handing out carrots that was oh. the first time he ever yeah, met imagine carrots. a crowd Excellent. of people munching on a carrot and just watching pavement play yeah I mean mate I yeah. love it except the munching might be a bit distracting for the band speaking of Stephen Malkus and the Jicks though I figured this is what we could end it with They've all done various levels of stuff with their post-pavement careers, haven't they? They have. Stephen Mountmus, of course, has continued to be like an indie mm-hmm. darling, and he's got his band, The Jicks, who he puts out all his solo work. It's, it, it started as solo work, but it's yeah. more him and the band. Really after great. After a few releases. Really there. great. Their latest album, yeah. Sparkle Hard, really, really good. Released well. a, f- a few months ago, and it 
it's one of their best ones. We're going to go see them in October. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Um, what have the others done there? Spiral Stairs has put out, well, he, he, he had a band, Preston School of Industry, for a while. And now he's put out some stuff under just Spiral Stairs as well. And it's all really good. I saw him at the Broodnell uh, last October and like s- basically spent the rest of the night with him in the band just chilling, which was like surreal because I was like, you're from payment. <laughs> and it was so good. I wish I'd been less drunk because I was really drunk. <laughs> but you were, I bet you were like, you're in favor. Yeah, but yeah, I was pretty much. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when I left, I like proper like for a minute was just like, your music means so much to me. <laughs> and he like was like, yeah, kid. Thanks, dude. No, no, they were all bet, really, yeah. really nice. They were well, really they like, lovely. They let you hang out with them. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. Wouldn't, they wouldn't do that if you were, nah, if you were being... Nah. And they were like, you know, dishing all the dirt and stuff. They were like telling me about like pavement. But, uh, sharp repeat here, of course. Mm-hmm. Bob Nastonovich, he's... He owns racehorses or something now, I think. Oh, wow. All doing stuff. Mark Eyeball. Mark Eyeball played with um Oh, who the fuck did he play with for a bit? Sonic Youth. Did he? Yeah, he joined Sonic Youth for a bit. Mm. Gary Young put out some solo stuff, all of which is really, really wacky. I can imagine. And then like stopped and I don't know what Gary Young is like the third in the Trinity of Gary Oldman, Newman, and then Young. Oh shit. Didn't even think about that, yeah. I think he's probably older than both of those guys because he was like in his late thirties, I think, when he joined Pavement. So that was like in like you know, eighty nine or ninety. Must be in sixties, maybe. They brought him. Yeah, uh, they brought yeah. him out one uh, for some of the dates on the twenty ten reunion tour. Yeah, to like pay, play some old songs. It's which it is nice, it yeah. and it'll be Pavement's fiftieth anniversary next year. Fiftieth. Thirtieth. Sorry. I was going to fucking say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And, and I think Spiral Stairs once said, like, maybe we will do a tour. But Stephen Malkmus was like, nah, mm, I don't really yeah. have time for that. Yeah, pretty much. That's the vibe I was getting when I met Spiral Stairs last year. But uh, did I ever tell you about the 2010 tour, what no. the deal was and why I didn't see him? No. They were doing five dates, just five dates alone in England. One of which was in Minehead. Right. In fucking Minehead. Wait, what's in my head other than Butlins? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they weren't playing at Butlins because that'd be really weird. Maybe they did their like first ever British gig over there, and no, nah, they they did their loads when they were like you know. Is it like a big venue there then? Or I guess so. I don't know, but imagine them at Butlins, like, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for pavement? Oh, <laughs> oh, bring on the fucking clowns with his baggy trousers. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but any anyway, like there was one gig in Minehead, and then four the four other gigs were all at fucking like Brixton Academy in London. Oh. And on top of that, all five of these gigs were yeah. in the week of my GCSE exams. Oh. I know, I know, I know. It'll come around again. I know. Surely. I said this to Spiral Stairs last year, and he apologized. Maybe at the actual fiftieth anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when I'm like. 50 myself yeah nearly 50 <laughs> if you ever get super rich just pay them pay yeah payment. yes yeah make a payment payment to pavement pavement payment oh <laughs> yeah the boy <laughs> does work what the fuck yeah. i got it working during yeah that. nice nice That's a sexy sound effects i enjoyed hit, hit that. me with it again please okay oop
Matron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's been a nice little that's dive a, into pavement. Little dive into pavement. <laughs> Unlike you know, an, an actual dive, dive into yeah, an we, actual we, pavement. We pave and we just hit the pavement, didn't we? <laughs> Face first, brains Boop. first, actually. Boy, with words. <laughs> we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. After this. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this, the third and final part of this podcast. Well, I, didn't like that. I didn't like that one bit. Only one Ooh. remains, and his name is Elder Parr. Roll yeah. the die! There's no need. Okay. Oh, can roll it anyway, we'll see if it gets you. Don't roll the die. No, pour, it's pour the tea. Oh, yes. yes. So, what's my topic, Steve? Tell me. It is the uh, ancient leaf and modern Ooh. brew. Tea. That's why I've brought this with me, isn't it? Excellent. It's this a lovely Chinese teapot. It's very nice. In which we've brewed some fancy little tea. Mm. Now, here we go. Pouring from a height is an actual thing that's important when you're pouring tea. Is that to aerate it? Um, probably. And here we go again. This Ooh, is some. Yeah. I've brought this from my personal collection. Your personal collection, oh. Yes, we're currently drinking from a. Um, nice red, little red teapot. Mm hmm. Embossed in, in gold. The Elder's teapot. This is going to pour it all out. Yeah, have we got the packet of tea that we're about to drink from? Or do you know what it is, Joe? Yeah, it's uh, called like Chalon Orange. Hold on, my headphones won't let me... Uh, uh. <coughs> Here's Chalong Orange Peco ch- tea. Chalong Orange Peco. Infused for three, four minutes. Well, yeah. it's or, been infused for a lot longer than yeah. that. Okay, so let's get talking about tea. Yes. Beautiful tea. Oh, Hang on, let me... I've not oh. finished... Uh, there we go. There's still some in the pot. We'll just leave it there. I forgot to bring the tiny little Chinese teacups that I have. Oh, that would have been sweet. Because, listeners, I do like tea quite a lot, and I have like quite a lot of... Um, Ooh. Very ref- that's very refreshing. It's very nice. Oh, uh, is it good? Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. See, I've not tried this one yet. I uh, expected it to be quite uh, like a little bit bitter because it's been brewed for so long, but smooth no, as butter. It's very smooth, yeah. That's smooth nice. Smooth as butter. So that's good. Dude. We're just we're drinking it black. Yeah, course. yeah, because it was black tea. This is yeah. Welcome to tea time mm. with cha- with the elders. Tea time with in the, the elders. That's nice anyway. So tea is an aromatic beverage. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. That's what tea is. Be commonly prepared by pouring hot or boiling water the cured leaves of the Camellia sinensis, an evergreen shrub native to Asia. Asia. There we go. I decided to put on a funny voice because mm. I was just reading the first sentence of the Wikipedia page. So, t- in order to make it... Do go on. Entertaining. Excellent J- impression of Mr. Wikipedia. Mr. Let us know what you think of the tea, Joe. Oh, yeah. I got that. Oh, yeah, that is actually really nice. That's really nice. It is a bit... It could be hotter. It yeah. has been... I made it at the beginning of the episode. that I d- So, that so I it has been like an, an hour and five minutes. Whoops. We can make more. We can make more afterwards. Hmm. 
Yeah. I suppose. Um, Don't even have to put new leaves in. Just pour it in over these leaves. Yeah. Are we focusing on tea overall? Or yeah. just like the British idea of tea? No, no, no. no. Yeah, well, that's, that's tea fun. overall. Uh, I am going to go into the British idea of tea as well. Because yeah. that's mm-hmm. like very interesting. But like, you know, the most, the second most, rather, commonly mm-hmm. drunk drink in the world. The first being coffee, one would assume? No, water. Oh. You goon. Of, of course. <laughs> of course. Well, he's, he's done you in there. He's done me in there. Right. Coffee third, Help then, join our campaign to get coffee to Africa. Nah, third, it's it's Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so there's loads of different kinds of tea. So, like, I don't know if that's really fair, to be honest, counting that as second. Because, like, yeah. you're counting black tea and that, like, you know, the tea that, like, English people drink and you drink green teas and then, you know, like, different, like, herbal teas, mm. Darjeeling whatever stuff like that you know how it is it's used in iced teas yeah but um anyway it comes from um china uh orig- china. Orig- china 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 east asia so uh according to wikipedia um the tea probably originated in the borderlands of the north Burma and southwestern China. Mm. Yeah, it's very good. Mm. Mm. So, who was the first person to pour a kettle over a bush? I don't fucking know. Catch Steve. it in a cup and then go. <laughs> oh. ah. They didn't have Snapchat back then. It's not like they just like sent it round to their mates. Like, oh, look at what fucking Ming Hui's doing. What a madman! What a madman! He's drinking that fucking bush water. <laughs> It's alright, actually, lads. Oh yeah, this is this could actually be. Yeah, have a sip. Oh yeah, that is quite nice. I don't lads, like it. Put some milk in it, lads. I've invented an aromatic beverage. I am in love with the idea of like a load of ancient Chinese lads pissing around and like. That's amazing. You know what? You know what? Like this is alright. This put some milk in it. You got any sugar? What, sugar? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so that's where it comes from. That's how it happened, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Mm -hmm. um, it it was brought over by Portuguese priests to to Europe in the 16th century. So Portuguese priests went to to Asia and... Tea, tea drinking was a thing, and they were like, "Yes, we're yeah, we're yeah." I, I, I guess so. I guess they were just sort of like, what "Hey, a great bunch of lads." Mm. They was going to Asia, thinking like, mm, "Gotta convert these heathens," and then they got there, and the heathens were like, "Yeah, wanna try some of our <laughs> aromatic beverage, bruv?" In it, mate. Yeah, mate what what they're drinking is gonna be well disrespectful if you don't drink like. You, you, you don't that. have tea in Europe, bro. Oh, bro. And then, sorry for you. then they like spiked it with an E, and then like that's why the <laughs> por- that's why the Portuguese priests brought it all back. They were like, "Well, this is the greatest beverage ever." I don't know how to do a Portuguese accent, it's like a Spanish accent, but, but we've added. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay, so big ups to the Portuguese priests yeah. who, who were hopefully it, decent boys. I mean, bringing tea over near us. Yeah, so good for them. And uh, it was uh, the 17th century when it became fashionable to drink it in Britain. Seventeenth mm. century. That's that's a, a, do, you, do you know when and why? Well, seventeenth like century. That's the sixteen hundreds. Yeah. And no. So, well, this <laughs> is around the time of the Opium Wars. 
So it wasn't like did was it like posh, was pe- posh people started drinking? Yeah, it, it was the aristocracy first, and they got really good taste for it. But the public, because because China was the only country that ha- knew how to grow tea. Yeah, and they wouldn't let anyone else have have it. Like they secretly had to buy it from China, so they had a uh, monopoly on the whole thing. So Britain were like, give us your tea. The Chinese were like, no, buy the tea if you want it. We're not just going to give you it. And the Britain were like, well, okay, we're gonna we'll, we'll come back with a devious plan later. So they got the entire nation addicted to heroin. Or opium. Yeah, they they shipped it in, shipped a lot. it in, illegally sold it, and then thus start the opium wars. Britain won. And really fucked up. Really fucked really up. Really fucked up. Uh, took the tea and then took it to India and started planting it there so they could control their own supply of tea. Colonialism at its worst. Thus began the East India Trading Company. Company yeah. yeah. The dark side of tea. That sweet pot. <laughs> oh god, Good Joey! Oh, he's no. not. He's not breathing. No, no I'm he's, okay. He's alright. He's alright. The lid came off the teapot. It was the lid came off my teapot. It was rather startling, but anyway, um, tea, all right. Tea is supposed to be relaxing. That I know we're on the history of tea, but I like how it's known as a relaxing drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and I assume it might have a few like antioxidant and, and yeah, calming yeah. properties mm, in it, mm, but it, but mm, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Swallow your tea, Swallow boy. Swallow your tea, boy. Mm. Sorry, I was just had a mouthful of tea there. But yeah, the UN classed it as like the healthiest drink ever, like in like recently. Healthier than water. <laughs> I, maybe it wasn't including water. Maybe. Water's just like the OG. OG. We yeah. are made of it. So. It's not fair. fair. Tea's, tea's pretty much made of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. But it's so, not fair yeah. to include water in that list. It's like on Desert Island Discs, they say like you can bring any book, but not Shakespeare or the Bible. No, you get Shakespeare or the Bible as well, don't you? You do. Yeah, you oh. get. You already got the side works of Shakespeare and the Bible. That you get to bring one another book. That island's just gotten so much better. <laughs> I just spend all my time putting on one man performances of Shakespeare. Like go through the. Imagine that. Like you'd be. Yeah. You'd It'd take you a while to develop one, wouldn't it? So yeah. Yeah. And then you get to the point where you could do a one man show of Shakespeare, of all of them, and if you were rescued, well, then you'd be then set you're for golden, life, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. You just do that. Watch all, the mad bearded all, island man. All the arty types would love to see. Oh, did you know this guy got stranded on an island and. Developed yeah. a one-man show of the entirety of Shakespeare's work. I really works. want to see how he does exit pursued by a bear. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I and they'd probably all be drinking tea. Yes. Watching this mad play. Tea time. What's your favourite alternative teas, Jerry? Alternative tea. I, I've never heard them described I, as that before, but that is what I'm going to call them from o- now alt on. Tea. Alternative, alternative. No, that sounds bad. <laughs> alternative, alternative. Um, my favorite alternative tea. Uh, you know, um, even though I bring out all this fancy pants Chinese shit and whatever, blah blah blah, I do just like a simple Yorkshire tea. No, no, no. This is alternative teas we're talking oh, of about, course. lad. That is the the tea. Mm, in my opinion. That is the tea. Yeah, we'll get on to that. We'll get on to British tea after I've answered this question, actually. And then, actually, you can answer it. Okay. And then you okay. can answer okay. it, too. And we'll get everyone to write in with your favourite alternative teas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we'll loudly criticise your choice mm. if it does not match our yeah. own. Yeah. And um, 
so my chamomile, chamomile. I love chamomile tea. Chamomile. Oh, chamomile is nice. Chamomile, a, a cup of chamomile tea before bed, and like, woo. I am a big fan of Earl Grey. Mm-hmm. Earl Grey is uh, made with what, what? What's in Earl Grey? Uh, bergamot. Bergamot. That's it. I know uh, some people who use two tea bags: one Earl Grey, one Standard English Breakfast. That's wild and crazy. I might have to try that. Look. And create an infused pot. You know what's yeah. you know what's really nice in a cup of Earl Grey? Uh, Hobnob. T- um, I don't really dip in my Earl Grey because it's a bit. Yeah. But yeah, tiny tiny bit of milk, obviously, because it's Earl Grey. You don't want to put in too much milk. But then tiny 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 squeeze of lemon. Tiny squeeze of Ooh. lemon. Yeah, I could see that. What's your go-to brand of tea? Yorkshire tea. Yorkshire tea. Every time yeah, Yorkshire every time. tea. It's not even expensive. Like it's always on offer. Like seemingly at the co-op or wherever. Yorkshire yep. tea. It's so good. And if you don't live in Yorkshire, where we have the nice water, you can get hard. I had to buy that when I lived down south. The hard water version. The hard water version of Yorkshire tea. Is specific- it? Is it different? Yeah, to yeah. the main one. It's specifically yeah. designed so that you can use it in places oh with yeah. crap water. Obviously, like it's London. different, but I mean, it's like the taste worse. No, no, no. no. I mean. the, the, if you were to use normal Yorkshire tea bags with hard water, then yeah. But the idea is that you use the hard water ones and it tastes the same. Yeah. Yeah. It combats it. I like Yorkshire tea, but you know I also like Rington's. Yeah, which you is your this, Which is this mail order tea you can get around here. Fancy, it's very fancy. nice. Yeah. It is very nice. You know... um. Here's an exciting tea fact. Oh shit. Let's see how ex- shit. let's see how excited you get by it. Ooh. Ooh. Let me ask you a question actually. Wait, get the buzzer noise res- yep. ready for when you get the answer wrong. Go on. Um when were tea bags introduced to Britain? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to um, uh, 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 um I am going I'm going to say the 1930s. What you what say you Matt? Uh, uh, um, I'm starting to think it might be surprisingly late in time. I'm gonna say the 60s. You're both wrong. Hit the uh, uh, hit it again one more time. Uh, I like it. It's like a robot farting. <laughs> but no, um, is it is it much earlier? 52. Oh, 52. So like in between the two of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tetley's were the ones that done Tetley's. it. Tetley's, respect they, to Tetley's. They, I they, guess. Uh, they uh, put out the first, like you know, uh, t- bagged tea. Before that, yeah. it was all just loose leaf tea, mate. You make it in a pot. Yeah. Um. It. Uh, well, they weren't. They didn't invent it. Tetley's like earlier in the 1900s, and it was an American entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur guy who like made tea bags. And they became popular in uh in the aftermath in the aftermath of World War Two when yeah. you were having a ration tea. Yeah. It just made sense. Have it in yeah. a bag. And then it was like, hang on, you can just leave this bag in and it brews itself. And then you can take it out and it's great. Yes. And everyone was like, Why haven't we thought of this before? And then Tetley's were like <laughs> you know, like Same. twirling the their evil mustaches because they're like hiding around the With corner. This invention we can sell more tea than ever before. <laughs> But little did they know they were doing everyone a favour. Yep. Thank you, Tetley's. Yes. What's your favourite kind of tea bag? Square or the triangle? Fucking square. Yeah, square. Screw this triangle ball. The only thing the triangle tea bags are good for is they're much easier to to throw. Like if you're trying to like get it in your yeah. yeah it's more it's more ball like. Yeah. Yeah. It's closer to what a round. About, shape. What about the circle tea bags? 
Yeah, they got the the I mean discs. They're quite nice. Uh, like they're a like a hot frisbee. I'm not down on them. No. I like it how they sit perfectly in the bottom of your teacup yeah, and yeah, you that just pour it straight on. That's satisfying, but yeah, that's I always good. find they have the worst taste. The Let's round ones. talk about tea preparation when it comes to English tea. Let's for all our the, let's let's get to the bottom of the milk thing now. But, but in, let, in for, milk all, for all our international uh, listeners, mm-hmm. of which I'm sure there's many listening from uh, you know uh, Samoa or um, Denmark, Iceland, or the uh, the up above uh, upper territories in like you know Aboriginal uh, Canada. We have a or, big following, yeah, there, or yeah. Doctor Congo. Yep, um, so Doctor Congo. <laughs> for, for yeah, Dr. Congo. For all you. Uh, tea is a huge thing here in Britain. A yep. huge, huge thing. Mm-hmm. A mad, mad, mad big thing. Oh yeah. Uh, if you go in someone's house, uh, a lot of the time they'll say, "Would you like a cup of tea?" Like, as one of the, oh, hello, might be the first thing they say to you, mm-hmm. and then the second thing they might say to you might be, "How are you?" But then the third thing they say to you might be, "Would you like a cup of tea?" And that will be the first question they genuinely want to know the answer to. Yeah, they don't care how the fuck you are. They just no. want to know, how, do you want a tea, and how do you take it? Yeah. Tea is a huge thing over here. There's tea parties, which, you know, none of us have ever been to. It's not really a thing that... I've had, like, um, afternoon tea in a in a tea shop. Oh, well, afternoon tea is, yeah. a, in t- afternoon tea is a wonderful thing. You have some tea, you have a lovely pot of tea, mm, and maybe there's, some like... Cake. Yeah, well, there's cakes and scones. Ooh, sandwiches. Sandwiches. Ah, oh, don't. I want afternoon tea now, but it's evening. You can't have it. You Damn. can, but it wouldn't be the same. Anyway... Yes, what well, you seem quite passionate about tea preparation. So, we talking mug or pot method? Well, uh, either because you'd certainly don't put the fucking milk in a pot first. Christ Almighty! No, but there is a school of thought amongst the tea experts that uh, if you're brewing it in a pot, doesn't matter when you put the milk in the mug. You can put the milk in first and then pour the brewed tea. In. Yeah, because it doesn't affect the brew because yeah. it's brewing in the pot and not the mug. Mm. But I put it to you that if you put the milk in first, you don't know how much you know. You don't know how much you're affecting the color yeah, of the oh tea yeah. before oh you put yeah. it in. Crazy. Which is the easiest sort of barometer by which to tell how the tea is? Because listeners, if you're not familiar with tea, you can like your tea strong, where it's like a darker brown, where you put like less milk in it. You can like your tea like a bit weaker, where it's like you know a lighter brown and there's a lot more milk in it. You can almost see the bottom. You can almost see the bottom. Of the yeah. Body. It's, it's I used to have a mug that had the different gradients of tea coloured going around the rim, so you just wait until it matched whatever gradient of brew you wanted. Yeah. So how do you like your yeah. tea, Steve? Um, I like it. On the strong side, but just before it's turning bitter. How do you like, like it's in for like three, maybe four minutes. Oh, how do you like yours, Matt? Probably the same, maybe a bit stronger than that. See, like my mum likes it like quite uh, weak. I like it strong. My mum likes it like almost like white. Uh, uh, that was okay. There we go. Like you know, like a lot of my family actually like it like with a lot of milk in it, and I don't. I like it like strong. The, but the black I, tea sheep. Of the family, yeah. yeah. But if I was to serve them one of like my cups of tea with like you know like a drop of milk in, they'd be like, "Ooh, put some more milk in this." And if they was to serve me one of their cups of tea, take some of the milk out. Well, it wouldn't be that. I just have to make a new cup of tea. But um, so that just goes to show, just with a slight difference of milk amount, because it isn't a big difference. Oh, I, but I'm always I'm always of the school of thought of just let me put my own milk in. Just yes. Yeah, hand me the carton of milk. Yeah, 
So yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's good as well. I tell you why. You know why people start putting milk in first? It was to do with um. Was it curdling when it hit the? I think boiling? it was to do with the quality of the ch- standard cup. It was. It, a cha- it, 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 you're right. It, ah, it, it, yes. it, it would it crack. China. If the, yeah, it would crack if the boiling water was poured right onto it because yep. of the sudden heat change. But if you put a bit of milk in, it sort of absorbs the initial shock. temperature shock on, on the on the mug. He's got it in yeah. one. He's got it He's in one. And then even eventually, the the <laughs> richest people could afford the better grade china that you could pour the. Uh, water straight into and then it became a bit of a status symbol to do that mm. and be like ah, I don't have to put the milk in look at how good our china is Ooh, look at my mm. pinky sticking out Ooh, do, do, do. Yeah. so there you go but uh, tea really brings everyone together though doesn't it oh, yes yeah. do you like sugar in your tea I used to yeah again I was going to ask how did we get into tea did we start by putting loads of sugars into it because I, I, I started with like two or three in, in a tea I never had I, ne- I was always too sweet anyway for sugar oh. uh. My my grandma used to make me like really really weak teas when I was like five or six. Really that young? Yeah, and I used to really like it. Yeah, I like like it'd be super milky. Yeah. But I think I first started having tea when I was like probably like nine or something. But like, it started off I'd just have a chocolate biscuit and dip it in my mum's tea, and then I'd have a cup of tea as well, solely for dunking. I wouldn't drink it. <laughs> right, okay. And then eventually I start drinking it. So that thus ends the saga. My auntie, I was like, I never used to like hot drinks of any kind. Yeah. Like my mum used to try and say like hot Ribena. And I'd be like, no. Ooh, I love a Cold hot Ribena. Ribena. Cold Ribena. Lemonade. You know, water. But then uh, one day I was super cold. And my auntie made me a really, really sweet tea. Yeah. And that was really nice. And then thus kick-started my tea yeah. escapades and then i used to have loads of sugar in like one maybe two and then at uni i got so poor at one point i couldn't afford sugar oh just wow. had to have it without and then I've never look back yeah and you rarely do do you occasionally i will like because I'll, I'll get the tea bag out stir it and then just dip the entire wet spoon in the sugar bag and not actually fill it just have whatever clings to the wet spoon head just for just for a little hint of of sweetness in there. Interesting. So not a spoonful, but like a spoonful. A coating. Worth. Yeah. yeah. Coats worth. That's funny. It's like it's like me. That's like me and coffee, really. Because when I first started drinking coffee, woo, I put a lot of milk in it. Woo, it was barely coffee. It was mostly milk. No, probably not mostly. Well, that milk, but it, Father Ted. <laughs> yeah, like woo. your Father Ted. <laughs> but um, no. But, uh, and then I gradually started having less and less milk in it, and now I have my coffee black. It's a very gradual yeah. process. I've started having my coffee blank, to be fair. Mm. I find the milk makes the coffee less caffeine somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, get the, you, get, you don't get the gel. No, no. But ba- but tea, yeah. It's, uh, you know what's good? Iced tea. Iced tea is You know, that's the main tea they have in America. And in America, like 80% of the tea they drink in America is sweet. Yeah, like like a Turkish sweet tea. I don't know where it's from originally, but like, oh, come sit down, y'all, have some sweet tea. <laughs> Turkey, they have like a, an apple tea, or like what we would consider a normal an apple tea. Teeny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just it's like a it's like a, a green tea that tastes of apples. It's like That's a really nice yeah. sweet tea. It's served in like just like double sized shot glasses. Yeah, drink uh, out of those. Have you ever had white tea? White tea's mm. really nice. I don't know if I've ever had that. Oh, no, yeah, I think I have actually had that white tea. 
White tea is really nice. I might get some white tea for the next episode. Mm. And we could have that. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Oh, uh, wait, no, every because episode. And we won't spoil it. The next episode might oh. have a specific theme. We don't know yet. Yes, wait, but, wait oh, on yeah. some, uh, some his back some but, people. But for yeah. episode 16, I'll, I'll bring some white tea. Yeah. It's like a really refreshing light. Oh. It's just like white. And, and yeah. it doesn't even, it barely looks like it's brewed. It just goes a bit sort of yellowy, off, off colory. Nice. But it's like a nice light. Not fruity, but yeah. Any last recommendations? the listeners and their teas. Drink tea every day. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. It led to the enlightenment. Help people live longer when Miss it first started. Drink tea Seen every drink. day. Is that a thing? Is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, because happened? before that, the water, like obviously, water's been bad until like the past hundred years. It's been unreliable to drink. Oh, water. so when people started drinking more so tea, th- it was healthier because yeah, they cause boil they it. Th- no, because they were drinking, um, they were drinking like gin and beer beforehand. Whereas, yeah, boiling the water and ma- leading to tea and coffee that kick-started the sort of renaissance of thinkers because they weren't all pissed all the time. <laughs> and they were more <laughs> hydrated. Yeah, and they're more hydrated and the like, caffeine boost, you know. Beethoven, I think, had exactly, or well, something like exactly 38 uh, coffee beans in his cup and he could apparently tell. I bet he was, was proper anal about that, yeah. And it must be have been like stirred X amount of times. And That's stuff. so funny. I could just imagine like Galileo like having a sip of tea and being like, you know, like, I don't think the sun does revolve around us. <laughs> well, hang on, let me have a... Wait a minute. Wait. Like stirring his tea and watching it swirl around. Like Da Vinci, like, but, 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 hang on. I love... Just takes a cup of tea, like, ah, oh, yes, and then, like, goes and pays the Mona Lisa or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it happened. That's exactly how it happened. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. He woke up, he was like, oh, I'm never drinking again. And someone's like, but Leonardo, try this new drink. Oh, no, I'm too wasted. It's like, no, it doesn't have alcohol in it. It's called tea. Try, try our aromatic beverage, Lund. <laughs> <Isn't it laughs> like, right, we've come right out from China. Uh, <laughs> just wanted to spread the word, like. Come it? up that silk road. We got oolong tea. We got green tea. Got, got chatty. We yeah, we got we got some we got Darjeeling tea, we got some chamomile tea. Fucking all the teas, man. Sleepy time. Sleepy time oh I love me some sleepy time tea. Sleepy time. In it. What's the worst cup of tea you've ever had? Shall we end on this? Oh god. Think. I know I know straight away what it was. <laughs> Go on then, Jay. <laughs> um right, so uh, I went for a job interview once for William Hill, the uh, the bookies, William Hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, motherfucker, he, he says to me, uh, would you like a cup of tea? Uh, that wasn't his name. I'm just, you know. Okay. Uh, would you like a cup of tea? I'm like, oh, yes, please, because I might as well. Why not? I don't know if it was a test or not, but um, job interview. Yeah. But I was like, yes, I'd like a cup of tea. So like, after like a couple of minutes, I get brought a, um, like a plastic cup. Yeah. So like I have to hold it from the top because it's scaldingly hot because it's like a, like a, like, like a little a polystyrene like, one. Yeah, like yeah. A, like a water fountain plastic yeah. cup. It's white. It's pure white. It's completely pure white, and like I, it has a little stick sticking out of it. And I have a dig around, and like the tea bag's still in there. So I'm like, right, okay. So this squeeze is, the fuck out of that. Yeah. Th- this Stir is a this round, is a milk it. first motherfucker. This is a milk first bastard. Not only did he put the milk first. But he put the bag in and then the water in and not stirred it at all or anything. Yeah. So like I had to do all that nonsense. And I took the tea bag out and like yeah, I yeah. assume you'd already decided you weren't going to work for this company. Yeah, 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 pretty much. But like I, I, I already like you know I, I got it as brown as I could, which wasn't very brown, not very brown. 
Brown Not is a ginger on holiday. Right, okay. Um, and then I took a sip. And I wasn't expecting much because obviously it was like, you know, brown as a... Um, uh, uh, um, uh, brown as a... What do you call... Um, an albino squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It was brown as one of them. Um, and then I took a sip and holy shit, must have had like seven fucking sugars in it or something. I had not at any point been asked if I wanted sugar in my tea. Oh, I just presumed. They just presumed. Just presumed. Oh, this guy Weird. wants like seven sugars and like half of it to be milk and for me not to brew it at all. This guy likes his tea milky white with seven sugars. Oh, I can tell. In, in a polystyrene The cup. William Hill way. I was just seeing here George Orwell put out and uh, published a, like an essay. I read in, this, yeah. In in 1946, called "A Nice Cup of Tea," a discussion of the craft of making a cup of tea. One of the things he's very insistent about is that you must pour the water like as it's boiling. Yeah, yeah, as it's bubbling away, pour it on. Yeah. Yeah, they mm. used. To, do you know uh, every single British uh, tank or personnel carrier? has to have a water boiling unit on board so they can have tea whenever they want. Right, so rightly so, rightly so. Yeah. So so if uh, if it all kicked off nuclear wise on the battle zone whoever we were fighting <laughs> in their sealed off tanks they wouldn't be able to have a fresh cuppa whereas the British soldiers will. Sweet. Mm. Awesome. And br- old British explorers used to use how long it took to boil the kettle for how high up altitude wise they were. Because the higher you go, the lower the boiling point gets. I didn't know that. That's fascinating. Mm. So, but so it's like the water seems to be boiling, but then you pour and it's still cold. So, like that's the worst thing about being in hell. It's like the kettle takes forever to boil, and then it never boils. Oh, that'd be horrible. It's always cold. Oh, that would be hell. Oh, have you? I assume you've done this many times where you thought you boiled the kettle, start to pour it on. And you pour a whole cup yeah, in it. Oh, yeah. for fuck's sake. When it doesn't doesn't brew, yeah. start brewing straight away, and you're like, hang on. Oh, oh, terrible, 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 terrible. No. Anyway, oh, 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 of course. We oh. come to the when you when you brew a tea and go to the fridge and open the fridge and there's no milk. Oh, oh no. you can't drink that shit black. I do nowadays, I just do. Uh, I maybe put a little bit of sugar in it just to sweeten it up a little. Squeeze. If I have some lemon, Tragedy. I have a feeling, Joe, though, if we don't have any milk, we're less likely to have lemons. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. Lemon milk. But we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, after this uh, week-long break before the next episode. Um, do get in touch. Ooh, lemon milk. It's the finality. Do get in touch on elderschamber at gmail.com. Yeah, how do you like your tea? Do you, do like, you like pavement? And what was the other one we discussed? Spartacus. What do you think of Spartacus? If you don't email us, we'll come and find you mm-hmm. and uh, tell you about Spartacus while we play pavement on a speaker and make you a nice cup of tea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that'll surely encourage people not to email it. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Do email in for a chance it, to win us yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah, we will do that. If you email us, please email Naked. us. Chamber of the Elders Chamber of the Elders Chamber of the Elders Chamber of the Elders Chamber of the Elders